us being who we are, like right. hourly confession would maybe be a good idea. But that's, that's a whole that's a whole other ball of wax, right? Father, why don't you just follow me around for a while? <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm Dennis. And I'm Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, good, Robert. I think we have to change that opening. Did I mention that last time? One or two? What was the last time we had two beers on, on Pints and Pews? I said we were going to do enough. that maybe in the summer, but we Fair haven't enough. yet. So, And I think sometimes I leave it out and sometimes I say it because it's there in brackets in the right. script. And, right. and we do have pints, usually a full 500 mil or close to. So maybe if we were doing smaller beers, like 355, we would probably, mills that is, we would actually probably have two. So. You're saying that uh, kind of is... Uh, leading me into uh, something i wanted to talk to you a, a little bit about there but yeah no i'm excited for tonight and i'm gonna get I'm to excited that i'm gonna get, too. gonna get to the the notion of pints uh in, in a minute but i'm really excited because this is the first time in about three months that it's just been you and i on the show i know you were saying that today and i can't believe it's been since june that we just the two of us just spoke on pints and pews i can't it, believe it's been that long since the beginning of june because if you look back through the summer uh we had Charlie Min and Father Chris. Right. And then in June, we had the Catholic Canuck, our good right. friend Dave Scubidon. Three, three great guests we j- you just mentioned. Yep. And before that, we had Brother Sebastian from That's right. the, the Country Monks uh, yeah. Brewery down in uh, Subiaco, Arkansas. S- uh, down in the southern U.S. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That That's that seems like so long ago now, doesn't so May, it? May, May, mm. because that was June. So I think it's been since May since it's been so, the two of us. So, right. You, we took a little bit of a hiatus in the summer just because, we, you know, we were away and we were doing other things. But it's good to be back. We're in the middle of, you know, sports season, Robert. As you know, your favorite Blue Jays are on the verge of making the playoffs. So we're excited about that. Le- the Leafs are just what the sport do the Blue Jays play again? Stop. Don't say what sport do the Blue Jays. They're actually losing right now, but we won't talk about that. And I'm not watching in the background either, Robert. When I turn my head, I'm just, I've got a twitch. So um, I just figured you had a stiff neck. The That's Blue Jays, uh, the Leafs, of course, are uh, opening season just a week or two away. TFC, unfortunately, Robert, your soccer team, didn't do too well this year and they won't. No, be. no, but I'm really looking for when it comes to footy like that. I'm actually looking forward to the World Cup's coming up in oh, a couple months. Cup. And uh, our it's the international window as we speak. And earlier today, that's right. Uh, our beloved national team, the Canadian two national nothing. team, took on Qatar, the host nation, oh, yeah. and they beat them two nothing. Yeah. Uh, I I still need to look at the highlights. From what I was reading, it's the Canadians dominated. Yeah. Now, you know, of course, not not a powerhouse Qatar, but listen, they're going to be in tough against Belgium. As you know, you live there for a little while. They eat, sleep and breathe football, as you say, in Belgium. So we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it's exciting to have Canada in again after since 1986, I believe, the last time they made the World Cup. Let's just say one of us was a teenager and the other one of us was in their 20s the last time Canada was in the World Cup. And we're not going to say who's who. And you know, no, I was a teen. I was a teenager too, and I remember going to a buddy's house, and we watched at least the the three games. And a couple of things struck me. First of all, you know, they never scored a goal, Canada, in that nineteen eighty six World Cup. And uh, but it was good just to be there. Uh, and that was it was. And I didn't think it'd take thirty what thirty six years to get back. But no, but kind of almost like the Leafs, eh, Robert? Yeah, the Leafs haven't won a championship in my lifetime, pal. I know so, my uh, lifetime too. Like we, we, we both can say that we should just, maybe have that conversation just my lifetime. Yeah. Just, just your lifetime. But here we are starting to, to ramble on again. Um, like I said, I'm really excited. It's just the two of us. Uh, our ratings jumped over the summer, maybe because it, we were having guests and we weren't one, the ones doing the talk. <laughs> it wasn't the two of us rambling on. Yes, of oh, course. Yeah, the, that's good. Every, yeah. Every you said we were, we're up in the ratings. That's excellent. So what did you bring to, 
to drink today there, sir? I bought, I think you've had this on the show before. I don't think I've had it, but just about an hour and a half, maybe an hour west of Toronto. Oh, I'd like to look at that one. Waterloo Amber. It's a 6.8%. Yeah, I've never had that one on the show, but I think there's a picture of it on our Facebook page because I did have one over the summer. Right. Lovely beer. Yeah, it, good. It, good. It, it was one to. of my one of my favorite ambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good. Now, I, well, I uh, feel like I'm cheating. Before you begin, I feel like I'm yeah. cheating because I'm picking up a lot of these craft beers like within walking distance at the local grocery store. Whereas you actually, when you do pick up your craft beers, chances are you've gone to the particular place, Robert. Correct? Yes and no. Yes and no. I do try to do that, but again, just within the driving range that that we can get to here there's only a limited number of craft breweries and actually there's a lot that i haven't even gotten to even driving back and forth from work right right uh but to get that variety having to go to the local bottle shop to to pick up from there uh, and that's kind of from today actually the, the beer i have today was given to me uh, by my mom so thanks mom if nice. you're listening uh, maybe my mom is my mom and your mother-in-law are maybe the only two listeners we have out there. That's right. So um, I'm. We said we're forty-four. We're moving up the ratings, so maybe there's a few more out there. My mom's friends. Yeah. Sorry. So, but my mom gave me a, a number of different craft beers for my birthday, and she gave me this Amsterdam blonde lager. And through the summers, I, I love the the blonde lagers. They're nice, crisp, mm-hmm. and clean, and, and thirst quenching. They're great. I, I've been saving this one. Since the beginning of July, I was going to say for your birthday. That's two and a half months ago. How yeah, I've been saving this for yeah. when it was going to be the two of us on okay. the show because uh, I've been dying to to show you this label. I'm going to have to clean some of the condensation because again we rambled for so long that it, it's right. now all sweaty. The can, so it's an Amsterdam blonde lager. But I'm not sure if you can see the the size of it there. Uh, can you see uh, how many milliliters yeah, uh, that is? I, I can see. I've never seen that before, Robert. Explain how it's past 500 milliliters. I have never, except if you go to a, like a 750 or something like it's that. It's 568 68. milliliters. Yeah. That doesn't ring a bell for you? 568 milliliters? No. That is, my friend, a true, legitimate imperial pint. <laughs> Okay, so then we have to go back to one that I had early on was four. So what's the four seventy three and five hundred? I thought the okay, five hundred. So I don't. So I, I had to look this up. I had to go to Doctor Google and Wikipedia PhD to, right. to figure this out. So a true imperial pint in the UK is five hundred and sixty eight milliliters. Mm-hmm. The four hundred and seventy three milliliters that we're used to getting here in North right. America is an American pint. Okay. So what is the 500 milliliters that uh, there a lot of them are that the Europeans usually it have is, their cans in 500. That's a metric pint. That's kind of the, what the metric countries okay. put off okay. as uh, as a pint. And it says that when I was looking it up, that countries that serve a lot of American tourists will stay with the American pint, the 473, but a lot because they're British, they'll give you the, the 500 milliliters that the actual half liter as a pint i mean that being said in germany they serve it by the liter so you get a, a double yeah, pint. A double but why would the british do that because if you said it was the imperial pint wouldn't that be the 568 well, why have we gone down to the 500 because well, i'm upset now you've yeah. got me upset i don't like the, the imperial pint was there obviously before and even before right. they were using the metric system now, do you realize we're using we're losing 100 almost 100 milliliters per pint in between you and that's me? one for that's 20 percent. that's one fifth yeah. of a pint 100 milliliters would be one looking here it's about 20 percent right right it's uh yeah so it's a, a 90 uh it's almost a quarter milliliter. pint yeah that's ridiculous right but i've been saving that to bring that to you and and I've been, i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever seen that uh in all the beers I. that have been yeah so neither we'll have to I. look out for that so that's the the Amsterdam blonde lager that comes in the the, the true imperial pint. Right. So and where's that? At, where's that out of? Is that Toronto? That's out Toronto? of Toronto. The Amsterdam brewery. Yeah, the Amsterdam of, brewery. Out, out of that's Toronto. been Toronto for a while. So well, why don't we'll we uh, crack, crack these open? Yep. And uh, we'll get to Grace before beer and first sip. So let's uh, go here. Uh, and I'm thinking this is going to be a lot of fun because 
our pint glasses are the metric pint, 500 milliliters. I'm not even going to be able to pour my whole beer into the glass here this evening. I'm going to have to leave some in the can. Right. So, uh, point. you have to get a bigger glass for oh, 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 I might just be able to fit it right up to the top, but it's way over the fill line. Like that is almost breaching the top. There's that almost that little bit of a lip over the top of that, but I managed to get the whole thing in. You've got, um, so I've got a an, an extra large is, glass. Yeah. That's not a true. Well, you've got a mark. Oh, no. Maybe that, that is a true imperial pint because it's saying the pour line. So maybe the, the craft Where's the pour line. So the the glass comes from the Flying Monkeys Brewery, which is up in Barrie, and they've got their pour line, and that's the Imperial Pint. So I'm uh, I'm impressed. And then we'll have to get Flying Monkeys beer. Yeah, we'll have to see if that's uh, five sixty eight. And, and the Flying Monkeys Brewery, uh, I know for a fact, has been blessed by a Catholic priest because my former pastor at St. Louis in Brooklyn, Father Charles. Mm -hmm. was the pastor up in Barry, And when they opened the Flying Monkeys Brewery, they invited him to come and bless the brewery. Oh, How cool is that? That is very cool. Good so, for Father Charles. I'm just going to take a quick picture here because I always like taking a, a picture and putting that out uh, on our social media. And then we got to say grace before beer. Whose turn is it to say grace before beer? Oh, I, who said it? Well, Father would have said it last time. Uh, Charlie Min, when we did Charlie, it, Charlie so Min. Who who said Grace with Charlie? Robert, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, so I think you're going to have to go. Uh, I'm figure I'm, that uh, I'm on the go for that today. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me get my paper straight. In the name of the Father and of Father the Son and, and, of, the the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which Thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and of the, and the Son, Son, and of the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cheers, my friends. Well, you... you oh, that's mm. nice. Is it good? You told me about this Waterloo, and this Waterloo Amber is just yeah, who poured that? Who poured that for you? I know. That's a disaster pour. That looks like the pour that I was doing on like the first two episodes of the show. Wait, wait. how's that? Whoa. Did you like an ice cream with that? I was going to say, if you got an ice cream float going on, it's on like the top a, of that. It's like a Sunday float. So what do you think of the Waterloo Amber? Oh boy, that's really a nice drop. That's a really nice drop. And yeah. you can't taste the extra strength. It doesn't taste like it's 6.8%. And it's got four basic ingredients and you can... Taste them all, as they say. There's only four ingredients, and we all know that's obviously the barley, the rye, the hops, the yeast. And the water. And I think there's a little bit of water in a there. A little, little bit of water in there. But I know I really enjoyed the water. Beautiful amber. color. Is that not a beautiful color? That is it's an amber color. Isn't it? Absolute gorgeous color. And it's got a nice full-bodied flavor to it without yeah. being overpowering. Right, right. So you've actually had not you've had the amber. I've had the amber. Okay, I had yeah. the dark, which was, was really good as well. Okay. So, and this uh, Amsterdam blonde, I'm just going to take another, another sip. Take a sip of that. Good. See, but the, you've gone the other way. You've got no head on that beer. It looks like. Well, I need... was trying to fit it all into that, no, to no, the glass. No. If I'd put a head on that beer, it would have yeah, been but, like all over the place. But this head will last a couple of minutes now, at least five, 10 minutes. Yeah, and you'll be done. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's nice and crisp and clean, this lager. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Can't be Very the lager. Enjoyable. Surprised you don't have an IPA going, Robert. No, and we're we're almost we are heading out of my IPA season. Yes, we are heading it's... into Dunkel kind of days, aren't we? We started off with the Imperial Pint. We did. We did. And earlier this week, and it seems like a lifetime ago. It truly seems like a lifetime ago, but earlier this week. We said farewell to our monarch, and we, we, we laid uh, Queen Elizabeth II to rest after 10 days of mourning. And I know many people here uh, on this side of the Atlantic got up at uh, what we like to call stupid o'clock, so very mm -hmm. early in the morning to, to wash us, and in many ways rightfully so. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't necessarily something that 
I was going to go out of my way to watch. I find watching those kind of events on television. Uh, I don't know if you want to say anticlimactic. Uh, it's yeah. After 10 days, it was a bit anticlimactic Robert, yeah. but I did get up about five, five thirty, just because, you know, obviously I, I was a history taught history for many years and this is history in the making but the presence and and ceremony that you see the circumstance you don't see that a lot over here in canada and it was just absolutely beautiful and we both admire whether you're a royalist or a monarchist or not you have to admire her majesty queen elizabeth for doing a job for 70 years and doing oh, it well staying sure. out, staying above the fray staying apolitical staying out of scandal and the funeral itself robert you would have liked that i don't know if you caught any of the highlights because I Yep, bits here and there, and again, there, yeah. One of the reasons why I, I didn't tune in to watch it, it was the same that as during all of the shutdowns. I was watching mass on television. Yeah, it's just not the same as being there. If there had been the opportunity, even just to go line the street and right. watch the the coffin go by or watch the procession. Yeah, yeah, see that. Yeah. Like obviously neither you or I are going to be invited inside Westminster Abbey mm -hmm. for the the funeral itself. All right. Right. But to have been a part of it and to be closer yeah, I that I I be there like in an instant. Right. But well, watching I was it on impressed. television I yeah, that, just television. That, that disconnect and sitting on my sofa uh, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, it was viewed by billions of people and it was very, it was obviously the Anglican Church, of course, but I was just impressed with the Archbishop, uh, Justin Welby, I believe, and his homily and his sermon, as they say in the faith. But it was so, it touched upon, it didn't touch upon the accolades or her achievements. It just really touched upon her Christian faith. And we all know Her Majesty did have a deep Christian faith. So I think that was very um, opportune the way he just highlighted completely that. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well done. And her faith was important to her. Rightfully so. I mean, one of the titles of the British monarch is Defender right. of the Faith. Defender of the Faith. And of course, she's the head of the Church of England, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, now, yes, I came across uh, during the, the 10 days of mourning. And I can't remember if it was right after she had passed away mm -hmm. or if it was getting closer to, to the funeral date. Uh, I came across this random tweet out there, and, and yeah, the the Twittersphere is a black hole that can get none more blacker because it, it just can suck you in and spit you out. And but I came across this random tweet that that yeah, kind of piqued my interest, and with regards to uh, the monarchy, mm -hmm. and the tweet itself read, "You cannot be a Christian and not be a monarchist." And part of me at first was like, well, how can you tell me what to think or believe politically? Right? Mm. But then the other part of me started looking at that and kind of going, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense that you cannot be a Christian and not be a monarchist. And I realized that it's going way beyond the notion of, earthly monarchy but looking towards the kingdom of god right because we have to to admit here that um yeah monarchies are not perfect mm -hmm. they're not always good and, and with queen elizabeth ii very benevolent absolutely very, bene very benevolent but there have been others in history mm -hmm. and not just i'm not just talking british monarchy i'm talking anywhere in the world where they have been very much less than benevolent. Right, right. And when I look at this quote, you know, you cannot be a Christian and not be a monarchist, uh, I'm, I realize that it's not speaking about earthly monarchy, but it's the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and can you not call the church an absolute monarchy in a way? Really? Well, exactly. I mean, right. in, a, in a benevolent kind of way, like you say, absolutely. The popes have, all, we've, you know, ha had them for 2000 years and certainly they've acted in that way. And right. It speaks to just like the, the constitutional monarchy that the queen was the head of. It speaks to beyond us. It speaks to duty. It speaks to faith. It speaks to, like you say, the kingdom, Robert. No, hundred percent. And when you're, you're mentioning that now, and I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, the, the notion of, uh, a papal monarchy mm. 
uh, it was only up until about 150 years ago that the Papal States was the center part of Italy. Right, the, right. The Pope was also a terrestrial leader. Right, he was, right? yeah. Yep. And it was only up until, I want to say, St. John the 23rd, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, or a listener can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I think St. John the 23rd was the last Pope to wear the Papal Tiara. That's right. The, the papal, papal that big, yes, the big... The big beehive crown, right? Yes, yes, yes. Every time I see it, it looks like he's got a beehive on his head, right? (laughs) And you're expecting to see the bees all buzzing (laughs) all over the. And I I know it's like a beehive. I I know, you know, the promised land is the land that's flowing with milk and honey, but uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with the papal tiara. And to be carried around in the big Uh, uh, chair, yeah. don't they do that for you? Put you in the chair and carry they you should up put and down me in that, street. you know, and I should have papal states. I think they got rid of the papal states, what, about 150 years ago? Yeah. In the 1870s it, or something like that? Yeah, I want to say the 1870s uh, with the, the unification of Italy. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, up until then, it wasn't just the papal states, but there was the the kingdom of the two Sicilies and the kingdom of Sardinia. And there was Naples and there were some republics like the Venetian Republic and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, and that's taking me way back to my history studies from 30, 35 years ago. So right, it's, a, right. it's, it's a little misty there, but they kind of put that together with another quote I've seen here and there is that, you know, the kingdom of God is not a democracy. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. we're so. And the church is to, not a democracy for sure. 100% no, broker. No. But I think, too, part of the problem that we have with looking at a monarchy and then looking at the kingdom of God and that benevolent authority of God the Father and Christ the King, right, is we're so used to these imperfect monarchies that we have here on earth because Mm -hmm. they are human monarchies and they're they're going to have failings and Mm -hmm. shortcomings, right? And so when we look at all of the evils that human monarchs have done in history, we have a tendency to project that onto God, right? It's one of those things where we're supposed to project Christ onto ourselves and become Christ-like. But as humans, a lot of times we have the tendency to project ourselves onto God and onto Christ and try to make them more human. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so when we, we reference monarchy in the kingdom of god sometimes we we we're afraid to do so because we're afraid there's going to be those human shortcomings right and just before we kind of finish up talking about this segment you were talking about how you know you watched uh, the funeral and the processions mm-hmm. and so you, you would have seen the images and i've seen i saw some pictures yeah. and i saw some highlights like the images inside Westminster Abbey. Mm-hmm. And I have visited Westminster Abbey. So have I, yeah. And it is an it's amazing. absolute... Well, all those, you, you've, we've all beautiful. been to those beautiful Gothic cathedrals in Europe and they're just, you're just blown Absolutely away by the size. And, yeah, yeah. And then there was the, the images from St. George's Chapel. Right. Where, where she'll be late to, to Where she was she laid to rest in the vault with her husband and parents and sister and beautiful ceremony. And, and you know, just a quick aside to my... Uh, my late mom was at her coronation in London in 1953. And I did get a chance to see the queen. I don't remember tons of it because I was quite young, but my mom did remind me we took her. She took me to see her when she was in Toronto. So I so thought we, you were just about to say that your mom took her out for dinner <laughs> or something. right? No, not quite. Not quite. Uh, but you know what? A, a well, you know, a woman who did an amazing job for 70 years and we, Yes, that and, she rest in peace. For sure. And I just wanted to point out because I saw again an article or a tweet or on Facebook somewhere in social media mm-hmm. uh, pointing out that all of that beautiful architecture that everyone was ooing and awing over, right? That's Catholic architecture. Good point. That is Catholic we architecture. We forget, forget about that, of course. Right, and, and we forget about the beauty of Catholic. That was our abbey. <laughs> they, that was they our, stole our abbey. They stole it. That, that that abbey was. Um, I'm trying to. I was looking back. Uh, the construction of the Westminster Abbey started in about uh, 1245 under the orders of King Henry the Third. 
And it was a Benedictine Abbey. And then it was the Cathedral of Westminster. Okay. And and a co-cathedral in London. And it was in 1559 with Queen Elizabeth I. First, yeah. Where it became uh, what is says here, uh, a royal peculiar, that it became part of uh, a church responsible directly to the crown. Okay, okay. And so I just, interesting. I, I just, interesting I found stuff. it all really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, that just sometimes we, we lose sight of the Catholic legacy. Right. In England, of course. Yeah. And well, of course the English the martyrs, which we should do one time, the English martyrs, yeah. brave men and women. Yeah. And because they come up almost daily in the, the litany of the saints. Oh yeah, definitely. That, Speaking uh, of litany of the saints, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. We have a special saint today. Don't we over Inspirational. Our, our, you know, our brothers and sisters that have gone before us, the church triumphant, mm-hmm. you know, the, the saints who are there for uh, us to try to model ourselves after. They're kind of uh, a standard for us to work towards while we're right. still heal, here on yeah. earth. You know, God willing, we're saints in the making, very much in the making. So I think some of us are still... Uh, you know, they say we're, we're like clay in the potter's hands and I'm that lump that's been thrown in the corner and maybe one day we'll be formed into the, the saint that I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. But our, our saints, the, the church triumphant as role models, not just role models in their actions, but role models in their words. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, a few quotes. Uh, I say that the two quotes I brought actually aren't quotes from, from saints. My, Mine are, but yours are no. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, if yours are, so why don't do you mind if we start with one of yours? I know I had mine listed first, but if you want to start with one of yours, as we're talking about the saints and how inspirational they are, uh, now, which yeah, we will talk. We'll definitely do mine first, Robert, um, and then we'll talk about a little bit about Saint Padre Peel, one of my. As you scramble to get your your reading glasses on. My, oh yeah, yeah, my reading glasses. I didn't have yeah. them today, but you know what? Thank. Thank the Lord that this, the book I'm reading from, from saints is, is large print. 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 Okay. The first one is not, I'm not that familiar with this saint Robert, but I did love the quote, St. Alphonsus Ligori. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you would probably. I've heard of him. I don't know huge amounts. I know there's a a church in Peterborough, not too far from here, dedicated to St. Alfonso Ligori. Okay. But outside of that, and I know I've heard his story once or twice. But the space between my ears is limited, so I'm not going to babble more about right. and this is one I don't for, know about. This is one for me and you. When we have to reply to anyone who has insulted us, we should be careful to do it always with gentleness. A soft answer extinguishes the fire of wrath. I think I'm going to cut that out of the episode because I, <laughs> I just I don't know if I could follow that. I know that's the tough one, isn't was, it? Well, read that again what, once again for our listeners. Oh, once again have, for me. Yeah, when we have to reply to anyone who has insulted us, we should be careful to do it always with gentleness. A soft answer extinguishes the fire of wrath. How so, quick are we just to just go back with fire of meeting fire, Robert and and. Just a soft answer extinguishes. And it's so true. If we come back in that nice manner, we're, we often douse that fire, don't we? Yeah. I, yeah. Like I, I'm almost speechless on this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking, yeah. Like how the true question is, is how the question it's true. We both agree. It's true. The question is, how do we do that? How do we temper that? How do I get my blood pressure under control? Yeah. 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 Right. When we're ready to go. Like when somebody cuts you off in traffic, mm-hmm. like that, the, the it's just like a knee-jerk reflex and you're just laying on the horn. Uh, and if someone comes up with an, an insult. Yeah. Like I've often said sarcasm Sarcasm makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. One barbed comment deserves another. And a lot of that is comes in our conversations. Like mm-hmm. Our listeners listen to us. Right. Kind of the way we talk. Well, I don't think we're recording. We're, yeah, we're being, you know, we're trading barbs with each other, but we, we're not but we, but we also know each other right. and, we, right. and we know where it's coming from. But right? I, I've noticed that just the way that quote works sometimes. If you, if you know, we've had troubles maybe over the years, maybe with some parents who are a little bit upset about their student, their, their children, our students. And um, I find if we do go back and forth and we, it just, it just raises the temperature where if you just kind of mm-hmm. 
you know, if you kind of try to have soft answers and, and go back and forth and it, it lowers the temperature and it's a much easier, it's much, it becomes a much easier conversation to have with, it, with it anybody. It does diffuse right? the situation. Yeah. But well, I, I think, I think maybe is it today now we're so caught up in social media and we're so quick to fire off barbs and missives to people that we don't really try to take down that temperature. Well, I, I think you, you onto something there when you talk about with social media uh, and the whole keyboard warrior generation keyboard warrior where you're going from a sense of anonymity right Mm -hmm. and a lot of these keyboard warriors uh don't even post under their real name right they're Mm -hmm. they have whatever whatever tagline that they they've got on the go and because you're coming from that place of anonymity Anonymity, there's a a certain muscle that gets flexed with that Mm -hmm. And I, and I've heard it say, when you, you talk about social media, uh, a social, the only thing a social media argument is good for is raising your blood pressure. <laughs> right. And I mean, that, that's one situation, but again, you can just at any moment, turn that off and put it away. Mm-hmm. I think where this quote is more important mm-hmm. is in our family life in our relationships with the people who are closest to us, Mm -hmm. right? Where something can be said in the heat of a moment, Mm -hmm. whether it's with our spouse, I find with myself more often with my son, Mm -hmm. right? Or with a parent Mm -hmm. or a sibling. Or a good friend, yep. Or it could be a good friend because it's almost where it's those people who are closest to us. We trust the most with our unguarded emotions. Right. Right. And we feel it's okay that we can let our fiery emotion run rampant because their love is unconditional and they're going to forgive us. And as much as they are going to forgive us, the wound is still there and the scar is still there. Right. It's like, why do we always hurt the people closest to us? For sure. Yeah, that is the case. Right. And I, I like the fact that sometimes we th- when we think that a soft answer extinguishes the fire of wrath, that person is expecting wrath back. And mm-hmm. when they don't get that, when they get that nice response and a calm response, they're taken aback. And they, they probably pause for a moment to, and think to themselves, Wow, I didn't expect that from that person. That it it, nice it is disarming, that, isn't it? Yeah, disarming for sure. It, yeah, like like you said in the quote, it extinguishes the the flame of wrath. That's right. All right, all right. That is that is a fantastic quote. And again, like you say, the the next question is how, how? when you're in that heat of the moment, I know. and your blood pressure is up, which mine is more often than not. Mm-hmm. I think we just we have to pray for patience at that time yeah. and, and temperance Robert. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just recognize when it's coming. So right. Yeah. Anyhow, you got another good quote here. I've, I've got another quote. And this comes again. I've quoted from this book before on the show. Uh, probably six, seven, eight episodes ago. I've I've kind of lost track. Um, it's a great book from Justin Press. Again, a, a great small Canadian Catholic publisher. Uh, out of Ottawa. I heard they got two really good books on their uh, publishing (laughs) forum. Really? Tell us more about these two fantastic books from Justin (laughs) Press. I don't know what again. (laughs) Let's uh, let's just throw the plug in there. There's uh, Who Do You Say That I Am, which was uh, today's gospel reading, actually. Who Do You Say That I Am? That's right. That's right. And seven other questions that Christ asks us. Uh, and reflections on those and how we need to answer the questions that Christ asks us. And if you just go to the website, you'll find. Yeah. Catholicmoment.ca backslash books. You'll find that book along with the more recent five smooth stones taking on the Goliaths of our fears, both of which were written by yours truly. Robert LeBlanc. And maybe a third one on the way, Robert. There's always something in the works. There's always something in the works, but that's enough uh, about plugging my book. I want to talk about uh, Encounters with the Sacred. I'm just looking to see if I have it in the pile. Yep. By Berta Milovich Byrne uh, through Justin Press. And it's actually a great coming of age story. It's more of a novel than a theology book, but a fantastic coming of age story. 
And this quote comes towards the end of the book. And it's the, the old grandfather speaking to his granddaughter. And he says, the faith needs to be a compass, not a crutch. Mm-hmm. The faith needs to, needs be, to a be a compass, compass not a crutch. Not a crutch. Where the, the faith needs to guide our steps. Point us, us to somewhere. Going. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you can't use it as an excuse. Hmm. Right, do you think most people do use an excuse or do you think most people do use that the faith as a compass? I hate to say it, but I think mm. most people are just so completely indifferent because mm. they'll go to their GPS, right? They, right. Um, yeah. I, I think most people, if you were to look at society as a whole, mm-hmm. most people probably don't use it period. <laughs> Either yeah. as a oh, I was talking about or the ones as a crutch. Do, right. The ones, the ones that, that do. do, I'd probably say it's 50-50. 50-50, yeah. Right. Where mm-hmm. a lot of, a number of people uh, use the faith as a way to direct their lives, use the faith as a guiding principle in their decision-making process. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of people that also use the faith uh, as an excuse, as a way of getting out of things, as a, a way oh. of, of shying away maybe from responsibilities. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe do a little bit of both, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, how it best suits them. Well, let's hope the people have the faith, first of all, and then they can, you know, if they do use it as a crutch, maybe they can kind of move up into that you know, graduate into using it as a compass to directing to, to where they should be, but God willing. Think, and, and it's I, a journey. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, you just hope that people have the faith. I just, I was thinking of that, but when I was watching the queen thinking, thank God she did have the faith. Like, because I'm thinking, boy, life would be awfully lonely Robert without, without faith. I would find it very lonely myself. Not just lonely, but, I would say depressing and difficult. Difficult. So yes. to live the life without the faith. And I know we've had that conversation. I don't know how many times I, I, I want to say almost right. daily uh, where we'll be having a conversation about some trial or tribulation, not necessarily in our own right. lives, but maybe someone else is facing. Mm-hmm. And the question we always ask each other is like, how do you face that without the faith? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's something like, both you and I have experienced, you know, the, the passing of a parent. Right. Right. Uh, or it could be uh, a trial and tribulation at work. Right. right? A sickness or something like that. And, sure. and well, yourself with the, the illness. Right. And, and how do you approach su- like any kind of suffering? How do you approach any kind of suffering if you do not have a compass pointing you towards the notion of redemptive suffering? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, because if you don't have a notion of redemptive suffering, if you don't have a belief in redemptive suffering, then all of the suffering you do in this world, and we will suffer in this world, without Absolutely. a doubt. If that has no meaning, right, right, like how how depressing is that? Yeah, and it's not to say that suffering is happy, happy, joy, joy when you have the faith. No. It's still suffering. It's still difficult. But at least it has meaning, right? Or you know, or it brings hope. It does. It, bring, hope. it brings hope. Absolutely. So we pray for those without the faith that they will, will someday see the light, Robert, so, and, and someday have that hope. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is your your next my, quote for us, sir? Sir, my next one comes from Saint Vincent de Paul. Good man. Um, absolutely he must be a good man he's a saint so (laughs) think about all the chair think about all the churches with the saint vincent de paul helping so many people around our area in so many Mm -hmm. different parishes in the city okay again robert a thing a thing that i have to work on and and maybe you do too you can you can it's never a maybe if it has to be worked on it's never a maybe with me yeah this is this is a tough one here Make it a practice to judge persons and things in the most favorable light at all times and under all circumstances. Once again, make it a practice to judge persons and things in the most favorable light at all times and under all circumstances. 
Tough. Very tough. Very tough. Very tough. Because we're uh, very quick to judge, aren't we? Like, I'm just judging people, judging their physical appearances, whether or not, you know, they're, maybe their socioeconomic status. And we have to be more favorable when we look at people and realize yeah, yeah. everybody's God's children, right? Yeah. And that was the gospel reading not too long ago, mm. that, no, that notion of how can you deal with the speck in your brother's eye when you've yeah. got a log in your own? That's right. That wasn't too right. long ago. And like you say, just how quick are we to judge, especially superficially? How quick are we mm-hmm. to judge on appearances? I know. And we see as humans, see, we don't see as the Lord sees. No. Right. And yeah, how difficult. That takes a lot of humility. It does, doesn't it? Humility it take, is key. It takes a, a huge amount of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying that as you were reading that that quote, Read it again for us. Yeah, and 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 I think the first part is key too, Robert. When we think, make it a practice, not just mm-hmm. once off or I'll do it once in a. Make it a practice to judge persons and things in the most favorable light, and at at all times and under all circumstances. Boy, yeah, so, that's calling us. That's asking a lot of us in that quote, yeah, isn't it? So, so there, there's two things I wanted mm. to mention as you were saying that. Right. There was one thing I was going to talk about, and then as you were saying it, something else jumped to mind. So I'm. Fiercely scribbling it down here. Right. Uh, so when you're talking about just that notion of, of judging others, with what what did you say again? Yep. Sorry, judging sorry. persons and things in the most favorable light. Okay. At so all when, times. so so, yeah. so yeah. when it comes to to judging others in a favorable light, mm-hmm. and that notion of humility, it reminds me of our former pastor, Father Marco. We had this expression mm-hmm. that has just stuck with us uh, as a family. When you're pointing at someone realize you've got three fingers that are pointing back at you. Right. Yes. So whatever you're, whatever you're picking out in Mm -hmm. someone else, you probably have that same issue threefold. Yeah. And isn't that, don't we always do that? Well, look at, you know, look at Lord, look at that guy. Like, at least I'm not not like him. (laughs) That was a gospel not too many weeks ago like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look at Dennis's hairline and then I look at my own and it's like three times further back than yours. So maybe not three, but, but then the other notion that you said about right at the beginning, and you really emphasize that as you were saying, I mean, make it a practice. Mm -hmm. So how does one make it a practice that there comes the prayer for life, you know, spiritual reading. But also from that, and this comes back to actually um, some of our uh, professional development that went on Mm -hmm. in a meeting earlier today with the notion that practice does not equal perfection. Right. Right. And so if we're, we're practicing and we need to be constantly practicing, we need to have the humility to realize we will never arrive. We will never be able to do this perfectly. No. Right. And we will stumble with it. We're saying we need to, we need to Mm -hmm. persevere and continue and make it our habit. But in practicing it, we we need to be continually working at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's ever going to be polished. It's something that we're going to have to be constantly working on. Right. And, and, and we're going to get to that in a few minutes with Padre Pio, because he speaks of a number of things that we should be working on, but you have a last quote. Uh, I have a last quote. It's like my new favorite biblical quote. I always have a a chuckle with whoever I meet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I always say my my favorite Bible quote is Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. Only the evil run when no one is chasing them. And so that's why I don't go jogging, (laughs) right? That's why you won't see Robert going out. For, I've never seen for a you run. I don't think I've ever seen you run at all. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen uh, because only the evil run when no one is chasing them. Right. Um, but, but I think I've got a new favorite one mm-hmm. that I, I came across this past summer, and I think this is valid for either one of us, sir. Well, now now that maybe you're more your, maybe more myself. Now that you're dying your hair, it's probably not so much for you, but. Hey, at least some of us have some hair to dye there, buddy. But <laughs> we should put pictures up on the yeah. website to see so much hair we have. There is a picture up there that people can go back in. I like this and, quote. And this out. quote is good. So this is also from the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, okay. verse 31. Gray hair is a crown of wisdom gained from a life of righteousness. Right. Gray hair is a crown of wisdom. Right. So 
So I think I'm working on that beehive papal tiara that, that's going on here You've with got all, the papal all, tiara all the, coming. All of the gray hair. I've I like the first the part. I, I, I would like to think as I get older, I get wiser. Certainly, I, I look at my parents and they were wise, you know, because, you know, they had lived well into their 80s. But uh, gain from a life of righteousness, I, I I would like to think I'm getting better in that department. Certainly, yeah. But I, I like that quote. I really yeah, do. I, I look at it too. It's like you say, as we get older mm-hmm. so we become silverbacks or, or what the gray hair gray beards for for some of us right um, and we do grow in wisdom and you know i always like to point out the kind of the difference between knowledge and wisdom oh for sure right okay. like, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit because it's got the seeds on the inside mm-hmm. but wisdom is that you don't put tomatoes in your fruit salad <laughs> right That's good. so so the, the wisdom is not just knowing stuff but knowing what to do with what you know right right and and you we, and we that know comes that. from experience first yep. experience and and isn't it great to talk to somebody maybe in their 70s or 80s or even 90s it doesn't matter how much education they have they just they're just wise because they've been around and they know things and they've made mistakes and then they've learned from those mistakes yeah and again coming back to that notion of humility you have to have that humility to listen to them to listen to yeah yeah all right you, you can't have, know it all but gain from a life of righteousness. Mm-hmm. I you, always you say well, you, you get you get gray hair from trials and tribulations. And if yeah. you're living a life of righteousness, you're going to go through yeah. a lot of trials and tribulations. And uh, but that life experience of living a righteous life is what's going to give you wisdom and knowing God's wisdom and God's will. Right. Certainly, you could speak to the subject of living a life of righteousness. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it, it, it depends on which five minutes we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I, I think everybody I'd... everybody's life is a work in progress when it comes to living a life of righteousness. Would you agree? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. That comes back to that notion of practice is not perfection. That's right. We're, we're I, never going to be a. We're never going to be the, even though these saints in in the book that we're reading from and stuff. They're they're certainly, you know. Life of righteousness, yeah, most of the time. Not always. They had their struggles, temptations. Now, I actually selected to talk about this article, not because we were going to be close to the Feast of St. Right. Padre Pio, because that just wasn't on my radar when I was going. I wanted to talk about this um, this article because the title of the article reminded me of you. I actually say it reminded me of you. Why? Well, Padre I don't know. That's grouchy in the confessional. As soon as I well, saw just grouchy, a... I'm thinking, that's well, got to soon... be Robert. No, no, I'm crusty. You're grouchy. Oh, okay. right? I'm crusty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I And I love that. And I there was a priest in Toronto, and he could have been crusty or grouchy, but you knew where you stood with him. If you went to confession with him, when he was saying, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to glad handle you or anything like that, or certainly... He just, you knew he was an old time priest and he was going to give you a good confession and tell you where, what you need to do. And you can, you know, sometimes we need to be told, but you know, I'm not doing a good job. I kind of get where St. Padre Pio's grouchiness and this priest that you're referring to, I kind of get where that's coming from because it it came from a place of frustration. Yes. A place of frustration. Um, St. Padre Pio was a great confessor mm-hmm. and he would sit in the confessional hours on end. Hours. Yes. I heard uh, that. Yeah. You, that's in the article, eight, 10 hours a day. Yeah. Himself and another favorite saint of mine, St. Jean Vianney. Patron saint of Paris priest, another good yeah. priest. And he would spend hours on end mm-hmm. in the confessional. And I wouldn't be surprised. I've read about uh, St. Jean Vianney, but, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was something similar because uh, both St. Padre Pio and St. Jean Vianney, and you can look at this one of two ways, were either blessed with, or you could almost say they were cursed with, uh, the ability to re- read the penitent's heart. Mm-hmm. They, they had the ability to, to read souls. Yeah. Right? And St. Padre is... Pio's grouchiness came from one and he would actually he would yell at people he would yell at the penitents in the confessional but he would did that because he realized that they weren't penitent mm-hmm. right they weren't truly sorry for their sins but don't you think if at that time if you're going to padre peel if you're going to 
Francesco Forgioni, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that you'd be penitent, Robert. You would be, you know, you would be sorry for your sins and you would want full absolution. Like, why would you go in there half-hearted? Especially because because his reputation started to develop certainly quite early in his life, and you know, pilgrims were coming all over to see him, to hear have them hear his confession, hear their confessions. Yeah, I think maybe part why? of it might might. Again, becoming well, from a, a, a place of human pride that mm-hmm. I'm going to go to see pride. Padre Pio and I'm going to have him hear my confession mm-hmm. because that confession is going to be so blessed because it was by the saintly man. Right. I'm never going to have to make another confession as long as I live because I had that one confession. But I'm not even going to tell him everything that I need to tell him. Exactly. But you mentioned that. You mentioned reading hearts. And I came up with, the, there was a few other things that, so ecstasies, we could talk, gift of tongues, bilocation, stig, of course, the stigmata, gift of healing, levitation, prophecy, miracles. That's incredible that all these things were attributed to him in his lifetime. I mean, oh, exactly. to delve into all those things, Robert. Obviously, we, we might touch upon the stigmata because that was probably his uh, most famous you know, attribute given to him, that gift of the stigmata, which he tried to hide, did he not? And I know he was tried, he was censored at times because of that. Mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. overseers but uh incredible all those things were part of his life yeah and when we talk about saint padre pio's stigmata mm-hmm. uh, there's one aspect of his stigmata that i'm completely fascinated with so when we talk about the stigmata we mm-hmm. generally talk about the five wounds five of wounds. christ yep. right two hands two feet and the side side yep yeah when Padre Pio passed away mm-hmm. and they were preparing his body for burial. They actually found a sixth stigmata What? Hmm. on his shoulder. I did not know that. That, and he hid that so well, but he had a cloth and, but there was his sh- one shoulder was rubbed raw. Right. To, to the point of bleeding. Mm-hmm. Right, it was through the skin and into the muscle, almost down to the bone, the stigmata on his shoulder. And that was the stigmata wound from where the cross chafed on our Lord's shoulder as he carried it to Calvary. Mm. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I spoke, I remember speaking about that with our good friend David Scubin, the Catholic mm-hmm. Canuck. Um, and he said, Yeah, there's actually some people have a devotion to the, the shoulder wound of Christ. All right, which I, I've I've never looked up, but I'm just completely fascinated with that. that and is, so, one wow. uh, I'm praying. So today is a Friday, and so when I'm praying the sorrowful mysteries, and I get to the the fourth sorrowful mystery about Christ carrying the cross. I, I just I I'm fascinated. I, I'm just like fixated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on that shoulder wound. Like a, he didn't have a shoulder rest or a pillow or anything to carry. Like he was carrying that cross right and. I'm, I get all wimpy if I get a blister. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> right? incredible. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at him too, Padre Pio, which I love that. I, I love the, I mean, I love he went for Padre Pio. And you know, I have that decal on my car. and my, The Padre Pio Mobile. Yeah, that's right. And my aunt in Ireland, my late aunt had a great devotion to Padre Pio. She used to send us prayer cards. And this is before he was even blessed, I would imagine, venerable at the time, probably in the mm-hmm, 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. He died the same year I was born. I won't mention that, but we'll just say it was in the late 60s. But he did say, though, the five things that one needs to do on a regular basis, Robert, and I know some of our listeners are doing them. You're probably doing a better job than I am, but weekly confession, daily communion, spiritual reading, meditation, and examination of conscience. And I think like those five things, if one can do those regularly, or certainly more yeah. frequent than they are, you're off to a good good start. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, some of us can't go to daily communion. We were lucky to go to Mass today, certainly. But and- you, you can make a, a spiritual communion. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as you know, being a daily communicant, you're right. It's not possible for right. everyone. Right. Um, you can- and weekly confession? And as we- well, people would probably say, you know what, monthly would probably, I don't need to go to weekly. I don't think you could go to confession too much. Certainly, you know. You know, us being who we are, like right. hourly confession would maybe be a good idea. But that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole other 
ball of wax, <laughs> right? Father, why don't you just follow me around for a while? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there is a, a cartoon out there somewhere. You know, the guys in the confessional, bless mm-hmm. me, Father, for I have sinned. And Father's like, yes, I know we're friends on Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Um, but coming and the back other to- one was examination of conscience, which yeah. I thought one would do before they go to confession. I wonder if that was tied into confession or would that be a separate yeah. thing altogether? That's a separate thing altogether. Yeah. Like I, I've heard a lot of people talk about doing a daily daily, like at night. At con- the time, at yeah. night. But I'm usually so tired by the time I get mm-hmm. to bed, like uh, I'm on, you know, whatever ill thoughts I've had before breakfast and then I'm asleep. So uh, right. we, we need to do that at a moment when we are, are more alert. But I want to come back to this notion of, of daily communion that right. although you can't get to mass and be a daily communicant right, you and i are blessed that where we work the blessed sacraments in the building right so you can stop by for five minutes right acknowledge it when you walk by the chapel right so that's you know a, a way of communicating communing daily with our lord uh, another thing that you can do is plan if you've got a, a daily route like Anyone who commutes mm-hmm. has a habitual route that you always take the same route when you're on your way to work. And I'm going to guess uh, on your commute to work, you drive right past your, your parish church. Do you I not? Do. I do, Robert. You're absolutely right. So even just recognizing that you're driving by the church and the tabernacle is there and our Lord is present in that building mm-hmm. is a daily communion with our Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes. you could do that twice daily. As right. you're going by, you go. uh, I don't have that, but I make a slight detour that maybe adds 30 seconds to my drive, mm-hmm. not a huge, to make sure that I'm driving past a church. Right. Right. And if that's really an impossibility, um, closing your eyes and seeing our Lord in the monstrance, by just stopping to think about it and making that spiritual communion. And there is the spiritual communion prayer which I'm not going to recite now because right. I don't have it memorized and I don't want to That's take the time to dig it up on the Ledati app on my phone. That's right. Yes. I remember that from Zoom, from all exactly. the Zoom messes. Exactly. Yes, when we were we should have We should have it memorized from all of the Zoom messes <laughs> that we did. From His Eminence, Cardinal yes. Collins. Yes. Right. So all of these things are are quite possible. Yes, they're right. You, there's ways to do those things, right? It doesn't have to be daily mass. Although there's so many churches with so many masses. I mean, I, even my church too. It'd be a little tight getting to work, but you could I could make it work. Yeah, you probably but, not. I mean, you don't uh, even have daily mass at your church, do you? We right? we have daily mass at our church except for Mondays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and yeah, the time doesn't work. The one in the evening, Tuesday evening, I can make, I could make that work, mm-hmm. but the other ones, you know, it, it just wouldn't work. That being said, there is a mass on the way to work. The church that I drive by, right, uh, on some mornings, I think it's early enough that I could go in and get to daily mass and still get to work on time, right. But, yeah. I mean, Which is, what a like great you say, if, if, there, if yeah. there's a will, there's a way. It was yeah. absolutely beautiful starting our, our day at Mass. I know today. it was. It was. And, 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 and for those people who do go to daily Mass, it's just a great way to start, you know? Where did the time go? It's been an hour already. Oh, minimum. So that's great. I, haven't, I have a couple of shots. No, neither have I, because I've got my... my true imperial pint so i still have about a third of that left right again i'm doing a lot of talking it's that's the other thing when it's usually when we have the guest on and the guest Mm -hmm. is the one doing the talking yeah there's more time to drink good point when we're the ones doing the talking there's less time less time to to drink drink. yes so maybe you have a shout out we should get more guests on the show then we should uh, get you have a you have a few guests lined up for us in the next couple of months we won't spoil it but yeah, some of us uh, line the guests up months in advance. Others line them up like that morning. But uh, I think we already had that conversation. A couple hours, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I do have a couple of shout outs. Uh, the first shout out is actually an upcoming guest and a friend of the show uh, who we've had on the show before, the Cordial Catholic. The Cordial Catholic, yes. Yeah, um, the gentleman who's grown into a, a good friend of mine. And I, I'm really excited looking forward to introducing you uh, to K. Albert Little of the mm-hmm. Portugal Catholic. But yeah, shout out to that show uh, because for whatever reason, uh, he thought it was necessary to have me come on 
and talk about growing up Catholic. I really enjoyed um, that podcast. Yeah, I listened to that on my walk with Bixby there about uh, a week ago. Robert, and it was really good conversation, oh. two of you talking about your time in Newmarket growing up. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It w- mm. really was a blast. Yeah, and that's where the nexus, that's where his idea came from, because we both grew up in Newmarket, Ontario. That was one of my most favorite podcasting moments here on the show. I know you were off sick. I was listening that, to that. Yeah, I listened that, to that, that when that, I was that, off. Yeah. That moment when we, we both, both realized. realized. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was great fun talking with him. So yeah, if, uh, I'm going to get that in the show notes as well. But if people can swing by and give that a listen at the Cordial Catholic, uh, mm-hmm. it was great fun with that. And then just a, a second quick shout out uh, to my good friends, uh, Marilyn and Victor Carvalho, who have the Catholic Land Retreat Center uh, up just north of Toronto in Holland Landing. So it's between Newmarket and Bradford. And I was looking, I think it was the, the summer was the fourth season that I've been up there uh, doing Saturday morning retreats nice. one, once a month. Uh, so I really wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, and again, I'll get their website up on the, up in the show notes. They really are looking to do good things uh, for the kingdom and bring Catholics together uh, in a place where they can relax and share the faith, uh, not just learn and grow with different retreats, but even just spend time in fellowship. That's really nice. There. Yeah. So, Doing the little, little parts in their own little world in there and, yeah. and good for them, Robert. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then the next couple of weeks, they'll be heading down to Florida. They had a place in Ocala, Florida, uh, which they sold, but they're looking to buy a property now down in Ave Maria, Florida, which oh, is also course. a, a, a great the university Catholic, down there. Yeah, yep. a great yep. Catholic center down in Florida. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get their information up there too. But I just want to give them a shout out because they've been really supportive uh, of my ministry as well. Good so, for you. Yeah, they have. But uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but did you have? Yeah, just a couple okay. of quick shout outs, Ruben. I, you yeah. know, I don't always do it, but there was one I just wanted to give a shout out to my sister's friend, Lynn, a longtime friend of my sister who listens to the podcast out of Whitby. So I just wanted to give it, I think I actually taught her son about 20 years ago at Austin too, at our at the school we're teaching at now, Robert. So we give a shout out to her. And I want to give a shout out to, to my two eldest who are studying in Belgium right now. We've got one over to study uh, French in her exchange year and the other studying in a different city in Belgium, and he's doing a master's program. And of course, you spent some time in Belgium. So we asked the Lord to watch over both of them while they're they're, over there. They're going to have a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just pray that their experience, that there is a little bit more uh, Christ brought into their experience over there uh, than than mine. But you had a great experience, and it just seemed like yesterday. But it wasn't Robert. It was 50 years ago now, wasn't it? (laughs) 30 years ago, I was doing the math. It was 30 years ago. Wow. Um, but, you know, these experiences of, of traveling uh, and doing these things are fantastic and lifelong right. friendships because this past summer, and I, we were going to talk, maybe talk about it at the be- beginning of the show and we just got going in another direction. But 30 years ago when I was there, uh, a friend at the university kind of took me in and his parents took pity on me and took me in. And here we were 30 years later, his his daughter, his 18-year-old daughter, same age as my son, mm-hmm. came over and spent two weeks with us yes, this summer. Yes, Ava. So yeah. And so these are just lifelong friendships that that yeah. develop. And I know your daughter's gotten in touch with Ava in uh, Brussels, already, which in, is in a Brussels small already. World, yeah. Uh yeah. so it, it's just fantastic experience. And so we'll continue to pray for um both Kira and Matthew, Matthew yeah. while while they're over there, because it's you know just absolutely phenomenal experience that uh, they're going to have and pray for their parents and and younger sister who are waiting their their time back i was going to say pray for for their parents that they don't get an ulcer worrying about them the whole time they're over there yes because pray for their and pray for their pocketbooks as well exactly exactly exactly. (laughs) our wallets which are getting a little thinner as they (laughs) as they study but it's all good robert we're blessed and everyone's blessed and it's all good it's all good, but yeah, Dennis, uh, as I always, the, the time seems to have flown by and my little bit over an hourglass because it's the Imperial pint. It was a little bit more than an hourglass is getting close to empty. I know, but I don't, I, I don't understand because I really like that beer. So I'm going to be buying more of that Waterloo Amber and you had the dark ale as well. No, I had the blonde lager. No, no, but, you oh, had the blonde lager today. I've, I've, but I've had the Waterloo dark as well, but I think right. I prefer the Waterloo Amber to the dark. Right, right. 
and you've had a hundred more hundred milliliters milliliters more. No, you had ninety five milliliters more than myself tonight. I just want to put I'm that 20%, out. Twenty percent. I've had twenty percent. Well, yeah, twenty percent. So Maybe, kind yeah, of like my great point average was twenty percent higher than yours, right? <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Robert. The pint of amber and the conversation, especially the imperial pint. Yes, the imperial pint. I will be looking out for those in the store. But it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith as well. Very true, very true, Dennis. And just before we wrap up, perhaps there's just one small favor that we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. We'll chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.